Brick and Mortar Reporter, episode number 61, where we're going to talk about some updates with Cryopop. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast. My name is Christy, and I am so glad to have you here with us today. And as usual, I'm your host. You're stuck with me. We're stuck with each other on this journey. So, so glad to have you here and listening today. Um, I told you in some previous episodes that I had some really good interviews uh, to come. And uh, I had three interviews scheduled this week, and they have all canceled. I guess such is the life of a small business owner. I know we are all pulled in different directions, and our time is so valuable, and there's not enough hours in the day. And the problem is, whenever there's a uh, an emergency or a fire or something crazy going on with your business, which in most local businesses, that's always the case. The owner is the one that has to step in and make it and fix it and do what needs to be done to get the business back on track and keep it on the rails rather than off the rails. So I completely understand that. And so hopefully I'll be able to get those interviews rescheduled and bring you some other perspectives on some really neat local businesses. And at the same time, I'm always sending out feelers and trying to get uh, interest in people coming on to do an interview for the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. So more will be coming. But in the meantime, the good news is that I have <laughs> I have enough going on with my business that uh, we could talk all day, to be honest with you. And so what I wanted to do is give you some updates um, on Cryopop and what's going on. If you've been following along, thank you. Thank you for following along on my journey and being interested. And, um, you know, many of you are listening, and for whatever reason, it's causing the wheels to start spinning in your head. I'm not trying to keep you awake at night, but if something hits your mind, please hit me up and give me an idea. Uh, give me anything that comes to your mind that would would help us, um, because it's uh, it's going to sometimes it takes a village, and I'm definitely open to feedback and trying different things. So. The good news is, and the thing that I love about being able to do this, is that every night I get a chance to go down and open my business and kind of run it through its paces, and then I get to sit back and analyze and figure out what tweaks I'm going to make for the next day. Now, I also realize that not every business owner has this opportunity. Um, if you're a business that's open from, you know, at 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., the last thing you're going to want to do every single day is uh, run through and figure out what you did wrong and try to put processes and procedures in place in order to fix it for the next day. I'm in a unique situation because I have a defined amount of time for my business. I'm the only one running my business that I can do all of this on the fly. So I understand that um, I'm kind of an anomaly when it comes to that, but it is an advantage. And so yesterday I spent some time um, actually working on my food cart. I got my misters set up and got those working and were able, was able to actually have those on the cart last night down at Mallory Square. And uh, several people found them very interesting. And I also had some additional lights that I was able to install on my cart. They're uh, like strung ice cubes. And so I have several posts that go up from my counter to the roof. And so I was able to decorate those. So I have this 
blue light vibe going on. Um, the ice cube lights are blue. I have a, uh, it's almost like a disc that's lighted. It's a lit disc of different colored lights that goes under my clear lead crystal bowl that I use to make the cryopop in. And it's funny though, because people think like something is magic with that disc. They think that somehow I'm using it to freeze the cryopop, or they think that somehow it, I don't know what it does. I don't know what they think that is. Um, but it's just light. So all it, <laughs> it just sits right on that thing. I guess it makes it look more um, convoluted than it is, but it's just some light. So I have, have those going on um, to light up the bowl and the um, smoke that comes off whenever I make an order. And uh, then the misters also have multicolored lights and I set them on the blue setting. So kind of have that blue vibe going on, which is what you think of when you think of cool and frozen and that sort of thing. You always think of blue. Uh, red would obviously make you think it was hot and warm. And so that's um, why I wanted to go with the blue on that. So I had several compliments last night. Um, I felt like I attracted a lot more attention. There are two things that I'm waiting on. I believe that my stickers, which are two inch like two inch round stickers uh, that say I got smoked at Mallory Square and then it has our hashtag smoked at Mallory on the bottom of them. Um, they should be, I think they should be here today. I haven't tracked the package yet, but I believe today would be the day they're arriving. So I might get to try those out tonight, which is always fun. And I also have got my new banner uh, in process. And so it should be being made. I haven't got notification that it's shipped yet. I can't wait to get that because I feel like it's so much more explicit in a good way. <laughs> Normally that explicit word is used in a very bad way, but it's it's definitely more clear with what I'm doing and what the product is. And so that's definitely a good thing for me to have more clarity that with that because that means I don't have to spend as much time explaining and that people don't spend as much time in a state of confusion as they normally do. So anyway, so those are two things that I'm waiting on and I will get those done. And as far as that goes, that's going to wrap up the tweaks that I had uh, that were kind of snafus from my original soft launch. And so from there, I will just be able to go on. Um, I need to add t-shirts that I'm going to do. I need to add some local marketing brochures. And we'll talk about some more of those things together. So what I've been doing this last week is trying to conquer the double-edged sword of giving samples. And I know because my product is unfamiliar, you know, I realized last night, um, maybe I'm a little slow, but it, you know, when you know something and, and you, you're exposed to it, it, you can't unknow it. You know what I mean? So it's hard to look at something from a perspective as if you didn't know it. Hang on just one second. I've got a dog that's inside and wants to come out. Come on, Hilo. Okay, so instead of one coming out, three went in. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I, what the thing is, I know what I'm doing with my business, and I know what my product is. But to people walking by, it dawned on me last night because people seem to be shocked that my product is cold or that it's frozen, even though it says that on the side. <laughs> so they seem to be a little surprised. And what I realized is... Um, essentially, I put 
you know, I, I make the, get the caramel corn made ahead of time. So when I take it down there, it's already, it's completely finished caramel corn. And so then all I'm doing in front of them is mixing the caramel corn and the liquid nitrogen. Whenever I do that, though, it creates, the liquid nitrogen creates a sizzling sound. For those of you that haven't uh, been exposed to liquid nitrogen before, it boils when it freezes. It's almost like, um, I guess the best way I can describe it is, it's pulling the heat out of the objects that it's freezing, and because of that, it's boiling it. And it also produces a smoke. So, you know, the boiling produces a sizzling sound. The smoke also um, comes out. And so what happens is most of the time when you hear a sizzling sound, it's sizzling because something's hot. And most of the time when you see smoke, it's because it is heated and something is, is hot. And you don't necessarily associate those things with the freezing process or a chilling process. And so what I'm having to realize is, is that people don't understand what I'm doing. Some people think I'm actually whatever I'm doing and the noise that's happening in the, the bowl is the popcorn popping. They think that it's supposed to be hot um, because they hear and see all these sounds. So it's really like a Jedi mind trick in order to um, get them to understand that what they're seeing is not what they typically associate with heat and heated products. So that is something that um, definitely having to educate people on because they don't understand that. And so so by doing what I'm doing with the samples, I'm trying to help expose them to that. And so, but the sampling thing is a double-edged sword. And I've talked about it all week because uh, I can spend a fortune. The liquid nitrogen is expensive. And if I just sat there and made it all night long, people would love to watch and they would love to eat all the free samples I would give. And I might or might not get a return on the investment. And so I'm trying to get to a point where I'm giving targeted samples. And so what I've done is I've kind of changed the way I was giving out samples. And um, the first night I gave out samples, I gave about over 200 out. And then the next night, I tried to be a little more careful, and I think I, I gave out many, many less samples. But again, each crowd is different every single night. And some of the volume is different. Some of the demographic makeup is different. And um, so hang on just one second. We've got everybody with us now. So the demographic can be different from night to night depending on what's in town or any types of special events that are going on. There can be large groups of people or some event that's drawing um, a large demographic of a particular nature to the uh, keys. And so anyway, what I'm trying to do is I am trying to limit my samples because of the expense of providing them to, if people stop and ask for one, absolutely, I will give them a sample. Um, at the same time, if they sh stop and show any kind of curiosity or they, they're uh, really expressing an interest in my product, I will tell them about it and tell them what it is. And if that you know, seems to keep their interest, then I will say, let me give you a sample of it. And sometimes they'll say, do you have a sample of it? Now, here's the other thing. I'm the only person down on Mallory giving out samples. No other vendor is doing that. And so um, it makes me different. But again, I realize my product is different, you know. And so when someone sees a pineapple and a pineapple drink, 
you kind of know what to expect with that. Now, if it was a pineapple drink and inside it was coffee or something, you know, it, it you might want to taste that and figure out what that is because it goes against what you think it's going to be. So, um, it it just you know, I understand sampling is going to be a part of it. So I'm trying to do that. But the other thing that I've realized that I can do to kind of stretch my dollars for the liquid nitrogen is that when I have an order and someone's actually buying and paying for an order, um, I have this ratio and it's essentially one scoop of caramel corn and one dip of the, the cryo dipper of liquid nitrogen. But what I can do is I can add, you know, enough extra caramel corn for, you know, five, six, ten samples in that same batch that I'm making. And what happens when I make the batch, it draws attention and it draws a crowd and people get curious. And so they stop and they watch the process and, you know, they have these, they just kind of have these conversations about it. And so anyway, it just um, makes sense that while I'm doing that, if I make a little bit extra, then I can turn around and give those people that are still hanging out watching the process and seeing people eat it after it's done and all that. I can see all that uh, going on, and then I can say, would you like to try a sample and give them some? So I haven't used any extra liquid nitrogen. I've just made a slightly larger batch of it with the same amount that I would have, uh, well, with slightly larger amount than I would have normally, and utilizing that to uh, stretch those uh, that liquid nitrogen a little bit further. So that has done me well, and I've drastically reduced the amount of samples that I've given out and hopefully gotten them targeted to at least people that have expressed an interest in the product in some way, shape, or form. So that's what I'm going to stick to for a while. Again, um, it's going to take me several weeks of doing this to continue to refine those processes and to figure out uh, exactly what return I'm getting on these samples and seeing how many people I gave a sample to that actually came back and bought. And so it's hard to keep track of whenever you're sitting right there and you're the only one doing the transactions. It would be great if I had uh, somebody watching video footage of it and they could track all this for me, but that doesn't really happen. So it's just all me down there. So... So that's what I'm doing. Now, the other thing I talked to you about yesterday is doing some uh, doing some local marketing and trying to get to a point where um, if people wanted me um, to come and do cryopop at events or parties or that sort of thing, that I could do that. And one of the best things that I can do, and um, it was suggested to me, that, that there are a certain amount of locals that either have reach down at Mallory Square or the people that, well, here's here's how the typical conversation goes. When I see somebody down there and I say, where are you visiting from? And a lot of times, many times, it's it's just mainland Florida. And some of them come time after time and there, there are many, many repeat visitors that say, oh, we come down to the Keys three or four times a year. Oh, we come down every year. You're new here. I haven't seen you before. Um, and so they'll, they'll say those sorts of things. And some of them also are lucky enough that they have relatives that are here and that are working here or that own businesses here. And so what I need to do is keep a certain amount of marketing information down at my booth at Mallory Square, realizing that my, you know, my target market for local events and catering is not going to be down at Mallory Square. But here's what happens. Everyone that lives in the Keys has visitors at some point in time. 
And when that happens, one of the things that you do is you take your visitors down and you see sunset because everybody hears about the world famous Mallory Square sunset celebration. And so um, they will get down there at some point in time. At the same time, you also have other locals who are down there because their vendors got a boat going by. So if you hear uh, them battling a weed eater or some kind of blower all morning across, way across the canal and on down, but the boat just went out notice that in the background. So anyway, just want to let you know what that was. And we're not being, it's not an air raid or anything like that. But uh, anyway, so so there's a certain amount of reach that can be done through the local community down at Sunset. And so keeping the marketing information, and it was suggested to me that you know, I could get a multi-purpose brochure that could um, kind of almost like a third of a page, front and back, glossy, you know, cardstock, you know, really nice with testimonials and um, information on it and my contact information and all that kind of stuff on it. And that could be something that I kept down at Mallory. At the same time, it could also be something that I put out throughout the area. There are, I don't know if you've ever been to those tourist areas, we're, we're one of them where we have every a lot of restaurants or you know, places that you go. We'll even have specific visitor centers. Oh, Lord, there's a trash truck. It's always something, isn't it? So, uh, but the, uh, we'll have, like, visitor information centers. We'll also have tons of restaurants that have these big um, walls of marketing materials, and they're most of the time the third of a page. Um, and sometimes they'll offer a discount and that sort of thing. Um, it's... Uh, just a way to get people to exposure to their product. And so I could use those to advertise for us down at Mallory. I mean, it, what what better thing to do to have people come down to Mallory Square just to see me? Um, you know, because that would be my traffic and not just the sunset traffic. And so that would be awesome. But at the same time, those uh, brochures could also include information about local events uh, that I could do and places that I could be. Uh, getting local business at. So though it could be a dual purpose thing and if I got enough of them I'm sure I could get the cost down and invest in that way. So um, getting the marketing materials are something I'm going to be working on. At the same time I um, also need to come up with a targeted list and I might actually do this um, through, this would be a great job to post like to my I don't know if any of you have ever been exposed to Amazon. This might be my uh, hack tip of the day. Christie's hack tips. Um, life hacking, not computer hacking. <laughs> so, uh, But if you've, I don't know if you've ever done anything on Mechanical Turk, um, but it's an Amazon product. And essentially what you do is you, you can post a job where, um, like I could post a job that I need somebody to come up with a list of all of the event planning, wedding planners, uh, party planners, event rental, equipment rental, event rental type companies, and all of those in the lower keys. And they need to come up with a list and I would just make a spreadsheet and they would just go in and do their online research and fill it in and then you would pay um, you would you know estimate that it might take 30 minutes to do the list and or it might take an hour to do the list and you would essentially 
pay so much per entry. And it might be that you pay 15 cents per entry. So if somebody comes and says, I've got 10 minutes, I'm going to go ahead and do five of these entries, they would get the money for that. And then it just pays you, essentially, it breaks down very small tasks and pays you by that task. So I might those type of things would be great Mechanical Turk jobs to outsource. Um, and if you have stuff like that that you're trying to do, whether you're trying to compose um, lists of owners of businesses or, you know, that sort of thing, uh, information type collating, uh, well, collating might not be the right word, but curation almost, those are great tasks to put on Amazon Mechanical Turk. And so you only pay when it's done, and you can reject any, um, you know, if somebody, uh, all they did is duplicate what other people's efforts were, then uh, you can reject those and decide who to pay and who not to pay. And so you at least get to control a little bit of the quality there. So um, those are th some things I've got to do, and I've got to decide who to target locally. And uh, then also reach out and begin using my Facebook and Twitter and that sort of thing and trying to get the word out and leveraging some of the local relationships that I have. Now, I will tell you this, that I um, know several people that I feel like know everyone in town. <laughs> I don't know everyone in town. I'm too new to know everyone in town, but there are honestly people that I know that have lived here, you know, 60 plus years or were born here, and there's really not anyone in town that they don't know, whether it's by name, by face, or by position. And so they would be very good connectors. And so I have yet to leverage those relationships, but I want to. And the part of it is I want to help them. They have to first understand what my product is and see it done and that sort of thing in order to be able to speak to it and recommend it as something different. So I'm looking for those type of events and opportunities to get out and let people know what I have and get them to uh, understand the product. So anyway, I was watching Shark Tank last night right before I went to bed and it was, it was funny because um, one of the businesses that came up, it was uh, one of the guys, the shark said, oh, but this is a business that would require demonstration of the product, you know, and they, they looked at it like it was a, that was a terrible thing because if you have to demonstrate the product, you're never going to be able to sell it online. You're only going to be able to have the physical reach of the people you can demonstrate in front of. And so they were looking at that as a completely terrible thing. But, you know, it's one of those things that you look at it and you go, you know, those are sharks and they're people that are trying to uh, take a million dollars and turn it into $10 million. And I'm not really doing that. I'm looking at at uh, just earning my living and being able to pay my bills. And so I'm looking for a business that can reach six figures and that can grow over time and expand. And I'm okay if the only reach I have is the physical reach of my location. And then if I need to put another location somewhere else and have physical reach of those people, then I can do that as well. So, um, you know, it, you just have to look at each business individually and realize that what, you know, what might be a negative for an investor, it's not necessarily, doesn't mean the business is bad. It doesn't mean that the business is not productive. It doesn't mean that the business is not viable or sustainable. But let's face it, many people are looking for 
the next big thing, and the sharks are looking for the next big thing. And I, I hate, hate to say it, but I always think about that kind of stuff whenever I'm trying to explain my product. I think, well, how would I introduce it to the sharks, or how would I explain it to the sharks, or what would be my business plan? And so I'm, these things are always going through my mind, and I'm just trying to refine my pitch and refine my presentation and make it to the point where um, it's a branded thing, and I need to get to the point where people understand what it is because they've either heard of it, they've seen it, they've tried it, they've tasted it, and really have a kind of grassroots effort to get the name out and what the product is and get it out there. And then maybe expand. You never know. Um, even beyond just caramel corn, there's got to be other things that I can do with uh, the liquid nitrogen and other uh, things that could be frozen with liquid nitrogen that would make great snack foods. And so I don't necessarily know what those are right now. Um, you know what? I would actually be very interested in trying, and I might try this uh, sometime this year, but at some point in time in the past several years, we used to have these um, snacks or treats people would make at Christmas. And this is probably so politically or so you know inappropriate to say, but like when I first got introduced to them, it was called I think it was called like reindeer poop. And what it was, it was like these Czech cereals that had it's almost like they had peanut butter inside them, and then they had some sort of like chocolate on the outside, and then some sort of like powdered sugar. I mean. Yeah, they, they were good. <laughs> they were good. I mean, if you've ever wanted to eat reindeer poop, that's the kind to eat. So, um, but now I think actually checks or whoever make, you know, they, they make those, um, you know, and, and like package it and sell it that way, like around the holidays. I don't think they call it reindeer poop. Though. I don't know that that's their marketing strategy on that, but, but those type of, um, those type of snacks where I could actually, you know, I could make that, I, you know, because for years people did that. They would make it. Somehow, I think I can find recipes for that online. And, you know, you'd get a little baggie and, and they have little baggies filled with it and people would distribute it, you know, at, at work and that sort of thing. So, um, so anyway, uh, though that type of a product that is, um, sugar, has some sugar in it because sugar is very granular. And so when it freezes at such the low temperature that liquid nitrogen freezes, it still allows it to be easily broken apart. In other words, you're not going to get a chunk of it and break your tooth because it's so hard frozen. So, um, but you know, it's kind of like light and airy, but at the same time, very granular. So it, um, it does it. Things that have a very dense mass or that have a lot of water concentration in it, um, don't freeze. It's not that they don't freeze well, but in order to eat them or whatever, it, it shatters. And so like you couldn't take an orange slice and put it in liquid nitrogen and have it come out okay. It would just, it would shatter if you tried to eat it. And I don't know if I'm even making sense for people that don't understand what I'm talking about. But so there's a lot of different snacks that I'd like to try in the line of what we could put into liquid nitrogen and what we could make a frozen snack immediately. And so um, a lot of people are doing it with ice cream. Um, we have, I've had people, it seems like every night I have a conversation with people that say, oh my gosh, that's the stuff that this ice cream place near where I live in Kentucky does. Or, you know, I've been to an ice cream place that did this before with liquid nitrogen and they just made it. You know, and they didn't have any samples because they make it right before when you order it and your every order is unique and, and that kind of thing. So um, it's out there. People understand kind of that liquid nitrogen can freeze things immediately. But um, 
I want to do some different things with them and just really kind of, I don't want to say freak people out, but flip people's minds with that. So, um, so anyway, that's what's going on. And I am going to be uh, working in the next couple of days to try to get some marketing uh, information put together. I have got to, once I do that, I'm, I'm really going to try to get it in front of as many eyes as possible because <laughs> coming from my perspective, knowing what I know about the product, I cannot look at it objectively from a person who would never have been exposed to the product before. So um, definitely going to try to get people that don't know anything about it uh, to look at it and give me feedback and try to make tweaks before I go make a huge investment in marketing materials. And so that's one thing I've got to do um, as well as in the next few days, I've got to get got to get more local business interviews booked for the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. And so I am definitely reaching out to my networking group. Karen the Keys, I'm a member of the Girls' Night Out group, which is women, business people, and artists and creatives um, all across the Keys that get together once a month. And I am going to um, reach out to them that, that own businesses and try to see if uh, I can get some people scheduled for interviews because I would love for you to hear their stories as well because there's so many local businesses that are doing awesome, awesome things. And uh, by sharing their stories, we can learn, you can learn, I can learn. I can maybe borrow some of their ideas for what I'm doing and I'm all about collaboration. So you might have an idea and you might say, Christy, have you tried this? Have you thought about this? This is something to think about. Uh, don't hesitate to share those with me. Um, you might, you know, if it's easiest for you, if you want to text me, just text me. Um, my phone number, I'll tell you, it's it's no secret, 864-542-4086. Um, Most of the time, except whenever I'm doing a podcast uh, I, or an interview, I can respond to texts and uh, you can give me those ideas. Uh, at the same time, you can email me, you can reach me on Facebook, you can reach me on Twitter, um, all those places. Now, the other thing is I'm going to link up in the show notes on this one for this episode. Um, I took some pictures last night of my booth to try to show you what it looks like at night all lit up because we have a portion of our businesses before sunset and a portion that's after sunset. And so uh, with all my lights and my misters and things going on, I wanted to show you what was what, what to look for and at the same time show you uh, what I had. And I even took a picture of my signs. So you could see my sign that is not not great. <laughs> the sign that's fixing to get the boot and be replaced with a different sign. So anyway, so I've got those things going on that uh, to take pictures of it and put it on the show notes. So go in there and look at those. And I'll also have linked up on this web page all the places where you can reach me, give me feedback. Or you can email me, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, at cryopop, C-R-Y-O dot com. I don't know why people want to call it Chiropop, too. I'm having a hard time with people saying that. I hear it over and over again. Uh, Chiropop, yeah, that's the cryogenically frozen caramel corn. So it's, it's a, again, it's brand awareness. And I don't know, you know, I, it does my heart good to see even, you know, huge brands that have been around a long time. Whenever I hear somebody say Nike instead of Nike, I'm like, you know what? I'm not the only one that's struggling with these kind of issues. So it's good to know we're all in good company. So keep you posted on what's going on with Cryopop, what's going on day-to-day, night-to-night. And, uh, you know, some nights it's not about how much money you make. Uh, last night was 
uh, a slow night. It's Tuesday night, and it's a slow night, and so um, it it's not about sometimes how much money you make. Sometimes it's about what you learn in the process. Sometimes it's about being able to try something, um, and sometimes it's about being able to just get out and get more comfortable talking to people. Uh, for those of you that don't know me personally, or even for those of you that do know me personally, um, I am an introvert, tried and true. And uh, so it is a stretch for me to get out and talk to people. Doesn't mean, it's funny because I have, I have spent so many years, um, one of the things that we do is, um, in my personal life is I, um, do music for churches and so um, my partner plays the piano and we I play the guitar and the ukulele and we sing and we do you know praise and worship music is kind of our specialty and so years and years and years now I have I get up in front of people and I have no problem talking to a group and I have no problem singing in front of a group I'll do it by myself I'll do it with a group it doesn't doesn't even matter um, you know and if we get really desperate and I need to play the piano we'll go there too but those kind of things don't bother me um, and so because I'm comfortable doing that, people automatically think that I'm an extrovert, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm a total introvert. And so for me to start conversations and for me to make a choice every night when I'm down at Mallory Square to try to have as many conversations with people as possible to try to leave them with a better experience for coming down to Mallory Square. Um, many times it might be just trying to answer someone's question as to where's the nearest bathroom. And I get that question every single I had a dollar for every time I pointed people to the bathroom and I have a choice. I can point them to the public restroom, which will make you sick when you go in there, or I can point them to the one that I would go to. And so um, steering them in that direction uh, that would, in a way that would benefit them, or, you know, I get so many questions about what's the best restaurant around, and what, you know, what's the best seafood place, and then people want to know, is it expensive or not, so, I mean, I get all these questions all night long, and so, the best thing that I can do is be helpful to people, be pleasant to people, and be genuinely interested in their visit, what they're doing, and who they are, and so, I try to do that, and I have to be very, very conscious and intentional about it because if it were up to me, I could go the entire night and just sit down at Mallory Square and people watch because of course we know that's always an interesting hobby. And if you think people watching is good where you are, you should come to Key West because boy, I tell you, people watching at its finest here at Key West. So anyway, so uh, sometimes my lessons at night and lessons with my business are not necessarily a dollars and cents translation as far as were we successful or were we not. Last night, financially, we were not successful. If you count all of my hard cost, gas and uh, liquid nitrogen and all that, I probably went in the hole overall. However, I learned some valuable lessons. I was able to continue to practice and continue and tweak and refine what I'm doing. And so for that, I have to count it as a success. And so I hope that you will look at what you're doing and the lessons that you're learning every single day and say, you know what, it's not a waste because I learned something from it. And so that's exactly what, um, you know, what the goal is. And so to always be learning, growing, expanding, and I'll keep you posted. I'm going to keep testing and trying my ideas 
and trying your ideas. Uh, some of you have given me some of these ideas and uh, getting feedback and trying to see what we can do to make it a success. So then the good news is when we finally have a success and we finally have a self-sustaining business, you will also be a part of that and be able to share in the success of that. So you'll be able to say, I knew that when it was just a food cart and she just started down at Mallory Square. So anyway, I appreciate you following me along in your journey. Make whatever you do today a good day and make it something that you would be proud of at the end of the day. So many of you are running from one end to the other. you got a rat race going on in your personal life and your professional life and you just need to have a little bit of a break. And so give yourself a break. Give yourself some slack and uh, try to do something today that you know you'll be proud of tomorrow that you did. And that you can at least say, I got something in the wind column today because here's how I was successful at it. Because that will make you feel so much better about your day. You guys tune in tomorrow. I'll keep you posted on everything we're doing. Right or wrong, failure or success, you'll know about it here first. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local. 